On CGRU, you're listening to Built to Play. I'm Armin Bali, And I'm Daniel Rosen. Today, we're talking about Nintendo's upcoming console, the Switch. We'll be looking at all the usual things, hardware, software, and its launch lineup, along with a couple predictions. And with us to chat about all of this today is DCBC's Jonathan Orr. How you doing, John? Hello, I'm doing pretty well today. So, both of you guys went to a preview event here in Toronto and got a feel for the console. Um, just straight up, like, how did it feel to use the Switch in all of its myriad forms? Let's do this at the top, right? The Nintendo Switch is a machine that switches configurations. It is a tablet-like screen with a with two controllers on either side, one stick uh, on each one, and four buttons on each one, four face buttons on each one, and two shoulder buttons on each one. Uh, it's almost like a Wii U gamepad. These these controllers can then be slid off to be used one in each hand, turned over, turned around sideways, so you use two hands on one with the almost like an NES controller, or stuck together onto a onto sort of a, a dock, so that you can use them both at once, and it kind of uh, feels all like an Xbox 360 controller. Uh, very shockingly, all of these layouts were actually kind of comfortable. When I thought the Joy-Con, especially with all the images floating around with the stick being right in the middle, would be very uncomfortable. Uh, but I kind of found it to be okay for the most part. Uh, I, I would say all of the control methods other than the single Joy-Con, mm-hmm. they're, they're called Joy-Cons. Um, other than that, felt really comfortable. The Joy-Cons together uh, as the grip, which is kind of your default controller, um, it felt really comfortable yeah. despite being super small. It like fits into the palm of, of a, like a normal person's hand. Um, and yeah, it was, it was actually really surprising, even though everything there is really small. Um, but when you hold it sideways, I felt it, I felt it was kind of awkward um, because the, when you're holding it um, horizontally, one side of it, whether it's the left or the right, kind of juts outward because that's where you're holding the shoulder buttons. Yeah. And that felt weird. Like, it never felt perfect. And mm-hmm. it feels like more than anything else a bit of a, like, the best compromise they could think of um, in so that they could have, you know, effectively two-player uh, games out of the box. I think it is... For all intents and purposes, like this isn't very much of a gimmick in terms of hardware gimmicks, especially not for what we've seen lately. But I definitely think that that's the gimmickiest feeling um, configuration you can put your switch in. I didn't find it that bad, but it, I think a big difference is the P1 versus P2 one. Yeah. Because the player two Joy-Con, the or, or the blue Joy-Con or whatever they want to call it, has the stick dead center, and that is not great. No, I mean, and when you put it together on the grip, it makes sense because that's where those sticks are. Yeah. In a controller configuration, but then you realize, oh, that like you know that's because that's the primary one, right? That's yeah. the primary way you're, you're going to play most of these games, which is weird because most of the ads promote um, the undocked single Joy-Con experience um, for lots of different games, which makes sense in like party games like 1-2-Switch and other games like ARMS where you hold them more like joysticks or flight sticks instead of your controller because in that sense they're very well molded to your hand. But turn it horizontally, and then it immediately feels like a weird compromise. Like, I, I can't imagine playing like an NBA game. Oh yeah, uh, I, or Mario Kart for long periods of time. The game I played on that, I played two games on that. I played actually, I played one game of Mario Kart on it, and I did not like it very much. But I played mm-hmm. Sonic on it, and I yeah. played uh, oh, what was that game called? The uh, Snipper Clips on yeah. it. And Snipper Clips felt fine because it's a slow-paced puzzle game. Sure. Sonic was almost unplayable on that thing. Yeah. Mario Kart was whatever. And like either of those, I could see you playing it perfectly fine on the Joy-Con grip controller or the Pro controller, Absolutely. which sold separately for $90 Canadian. Um, 
which is really good, actually. The Pro it's, Controller it's is a great. Good controller. It's a 360 it's, controller. Yeah. It's a 360 controller. Yeah. It's what it is. Um, well, I mean, I, I say it's better than that. It's like as good as the current other controllers right now, the PS4 mm-hmm. or Xbox One. Oh, I just meant so, in terms of form factor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah sure. So what is it? So it, just so people know, like the Pro Controller is there's like you've you've mentioned like three kinds of controllers yeah, here. This is, so so okay. we got so the in your box when you purchase a Nintendo Switch, you're gonna get the screen, a Joy-Con left, and a Joy-Con right. They can either be on the machine or off the machine in various configurations. Mm -hmm. Sold separately for $100 Canadian, which is a lot of money, uh, and I believe something like $80 American, um, is the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller, which looks like an Xbox One or an Xbox 360 controller. It has two grips, two sticks, four face buttons, a D-pad, and two shoulder buttons on each side. So, most are, con- minor correction, actually, the oh. the Pro Controller is going to be is selling for eighty nine ninety nine. Okay, sorry. Canadian. Um, you can buy a pair of Joy Cons um, for ninety nine dollars, no. yeah. and you can buy a separate left or a separate right Joy Con, presumably to replace any that you've lost mm-hmm. for sixty five dollars Canadian each. Which does make sense given the technology that's in there. Yeah, there's a lot of but stuff packed in there. Astonishingly but... high amount, that much higher than people were expecting. Yeah, I feel like we're talking about this way more than Nintendo wants us to talk about. But uh, like, absolutely. Yeah. The, so the the thing that I find interesting about all this is that there's so many different ways to play this thing. Mm-hmm. Does it make a lot of sense? Like when you approach a Nintendo Switch, do you know like just off first glance what you're gonna do with it? So that depends on how you're showing off the Switch, because, um, which is, you know, a weird semi-cop-out answer. Um, <laughs> but I imagine in, like, a party environment or, like, a social environment, you're probably only playing one game at the beginning, and it's probably going to be 1-2 Switch um, or ARMS. And when you show people how to play that, it, you're just holding it like a remote, very much like your Wii remote, and you're using them in, like, fairly naturalistic configurations, like, you know, hold it like a pistol and then draw... Or, like, hold it vertically and pretend to milk a cow. And, like, I'm not going to pretend that I know instinctively how milk and a cow feels. But you know what it looks like from cartoons. Yeah, like, that, that makes sense. Um, if It becomes more complicated if you suddenly have, like, a marathon of, like, half a dozen games. And then it's like, okay, now you have to use one type of control method, then you have to use the other. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're in that situation, you're probably among gamers who have a better idea of what's going on yeah. anyways. I so. think I think a big thing for me is when I walk up to the thing, first of all, and I think we said this earlier before, but it really does bear mentioning again, it's a lot smaller than I think people expect it to yeah, be. Yeah, it's tiny. It is very small. In fact, I like I saw it, and I'm like, I was surprised that the screen was only, like, slightly bigger. Like, not slightly, but, like, it's not that much bigger than my phone. And to be fair, I have a large phone, um, but it, it was it was a smaller tablet. It, it is about, the, the screen's about the size of the Wii U gamepad, but the whole machine itself is much smaller than a gamepad. Yeah, the so. gamepad itself is, like, a chunky piece of hardware, Imagine just pulling the screen out of it, and then the form factor maybe might be closer to uh, like a Samsung, whatever the tablet. Like the are Note called. Seven, right? Yeah, like or it's... or like even an iPad Mini, maybe. Yeah, so. it's not dissimilar. And yeah. so as I walk up to Mike, well, this is smaller than I thought it was. Picking it up and playing it just with the two things on the sides of the screen feels pretty good. Playing, and then you know, I would then think, oh, I'm supposed to swap them off and move them onto the dock and playing yeah. like that. But the second it comes to like, if I were to try to like show somebody what this is. I, d- I don't know that I would start with the remote type control simply because like I don't know that that's what the console is about because there's very few games that utilize that right now. Yeah, but like the one the, the one or two games that do it seem to be the games that they want to make the showcase pieces, well, which is fascinating. It's interesting too because you you, you say that, but one two switch doesn't come in the box. Yeah, and I think there's a reason for that, and I think we're gonna get we should get to that later because Armand has other questions for yeah. us, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that when we start making hot takes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so okay, one of uh. 
you've gone through like you've talked about the different like form factors, how it is. How have the uh, the games themselves been to play since we've already started talking a bit about these? Yeah, sure. So you mentioned one two switch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the. Is that kind of like what we're looking at, like a Nintendo Land, a Wii Sports so, Resort? Yeah, sort of. Um, it's a it's a collection of mini games uh, that you know they all show off different parts of the of the Joy-Con or the Switch's functionality. So. Um, they've got the HD rumble. Yeah, so there's one where you kind of hold, you kind of roll it around, and you can feel the sensation of like ball bearings rolling around inside of it, which is actually really cool. It's very impressive. Um, because so like for for some kind of context, like we know that most um, rumble technology or vibrate con- uh, technology on your phone, like when it vibrates, it just kind of buzzes, right? It's a motor. Um, yeah, but like imagine imagine if you were holding it, and if you tipped it around, you could actually feel like what almost simulates the feeling of liquid rolling around in it and you can feel like ball bearings rolling around or in the milk game you can theoretically feel milk squirting through the remote which is a thing that i've never thought i'd ever describe <laughs> um and like i don't know if it's like 100 percent there but it's pretty cool it's so. what's it, it reminds me a lot of i was talking about it with a with actually my brother after after i tried around the switch a little bit and uh, i mentioned that it reminds me of the novent falcon if either of you guys remember that <laughs> i have no idea it was what a that pc is. controller from like the mid 2000s that tried to that, that did exactly that like it was yeah. essentially a ball on an enormous almost like this lamp um it, this like this this arm for a lamp, right? And it was essentially just a little ball, and the ball had all these sensors and motors in it that oh. would essentially try to replicate that same thing. But it was this thing that took up an entire table, basically, yeah. to do what the Joy-Con is doing in the in the little device, which is very impressive. And it is in both Joy-Cons. Yeah, I mean, the the larger question is and beyond. You know, the other games I should, I should mention are the other games that we've seen are fairly straightforward. So like one guy. Uh, like one player will simulate, you know, th- um, bringing down a samurai sword. The other person has to catch it and, and things of that sort. Uh, it's also used extensively in Just Dance, just like for the Wii Remote. So, you know, for that for that purpose, it's probably fine. Um, I, I I'm curious about One Two Switch because it's been so heavily promoted to sell the concept of the Switch, but also. As mentioned before, it's not a packing game, so, so not everyone. So now will I have think, it. yeah, I think now is time to talk about this because my my take on this is that I don't think Nintendo wants One Two Switch to be the game that like tells you this is what the Switch is. That was like that was actually what I was curious about because there's like that's that also was very impressive. Like that technology is like in, innately interesting just to have that sensation and to to have that available to you. But at the same time, uh, I don't think most games are going to take advantage of that no and i think that if you were to try to sell people on here's nintendo switch you play games like one two switch on it i think a lot of people a are very immediately turned off by that and i think b a lot of people who are interested in it are not going to have that experience with many more games because i don't think a lot of people are interested i don't know how much further you can take that concept and obviously i'm not a game designer so that's irrelevant but like the fact of the matter is those people who would buy that game because they want to play a game like one two switch especially from the rest of the launch lineup, are going to be relatively disappointed. So uh, one thing that worries me about 1-2-Switch is that most of the games that have been shown are very much like micro games, like yeah. um, like a WarriorWare type, whereas if Wii Sports, you could play a full game of tennis. Um, for Nintendo Land, for the Wii U, there were a bunch of games that had a lot of actual good replay There was a little there. RPG in there. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was very cool, but 1-2-Switch um, will live or die based on how many games are actually in there and like the fact that we don't know is kind of worrying do we know who's making one two switch is it r&d too uh i I know it's in-house nintendo beyond that i'm not sure because if it's the warioware team i think there's a lot of there's a lot of promise there but if it's not the warioware team yeah and like as you were saying um 
one two switch sounds like a bit like it's it's a fascinating gamble in that they're probably going after the audience who bought the Wii ten years ago mm-hmm. and played Wii Sports and didn't buy anything after that. But I don't think those people are interested in machine, which is why I don't think a game like 1-2-Switch is, is the pack-in. I think it's just mm. you're, they're not marketing at those people because the rest of the games in that lineup mm-hmm. are very much angled at the people who are, you know, quote-unquote Nintendo fans, the yeah. people who want Nintendo games. They know that Nintendo fans don't need 1-2-Switch yeah. or might not feel they need it, especially above... Or might be even in, be turned off by yeah, it. Or instead of Zelda, you know, like... why. Yeah. There's probably a segment of of like diehard Nintendo fans who want to buy a Switch and not necessarily feel like they're also buying for one two Switch. Yeah, um, I think that I think in fact I think you would probably find that most like quote unquote modern day Nintendo fans yeah. would not be interested in one two Switch. I think a lot of I think the reason you put Wii Sports in the Wii's box is because Wii Sports is what you did with the Wii. It yeah. was a, it effectively you know a couple bigger games aside really did exemplify everything Nintendo wanted to do with the Wii. Mar- putting Mario Galaxy aside, a lot of the other games were very you know heavily motion oriented, and I think that not a lot of Switch games are going to be that. I think Nintendo Land was Nintendo Land was not was in some boxes, but not all of them. Yeah, it was sold separately here. Um, and it was you know if you got if you played Nintendo Land. I think Nintendo Land was an example of what Nintendo wanted to do with the Wii U very early on and moved away from it when they realized that the gamepad was something of an albatross. Which is weird because, like, Nintendo Land was pretty cool. Yeah. And if there was enough momentum to I maintain that that Luigi's Mansion game is is one of the coolest things Nintendo's done in a while. I I really like that chase one where one person, it was like like a Mario Kart battle, but everyone's just running around, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, no, no, those were all interesting concepts. So, but if, if these aren't the types of things that we're going to be seeing in the Switch, is it primarily like, without going like into too much detail of like the individual games, um, going to be more what we'd expect of mainstream fare, stuff like the Zelda, New Zelda, stuff like, um, as you guys were pretty enthusiastic before, Street Fighter 2, for mm-hmm. whatever reason? Uh, so, I do want to caution that we, we've only seen what we've seen. And yeah. I think that. Um, game developers are going to or at least some of them are going to dive into that hardware and maybe figure out what interesting concepts they can come with they come up with uh, for the switch because from what I've been told speaking to some developers um, they didn't hear much detail about the switch like very far before very much longer before we did so even they are catching up on trying to figure out what those concepts are so um, Unless you're a first-party Nintendo developer, like you wouldn't know what to do with it yet. So it might take a while. Um, as far as the games themselves, like the the other games, like we said, very much traditional hardcore games, uh, very much um, franchises that that people grew up with in the '90s. So you had Bomberman, you had Sonic the Hedgehog, um, you had Mario Kart, and uh, Street Fighter Two. Like these are. These are, these are games for a specific kind of person. Yeah, this is... Or a specific group of people. This is the 90s nostalgia that is kind of picking up from the 80s nostalgia of the NES Classic. Yeah. So, and, you know, in fairly good new configurations, like, I, I hate... This is a knock-on-wood thing, but Sonic Mania looks like a good game. It does look like a fun... I'm not a big Sonic fan, but it could be good, and that, it's being made by people who genuinely care about making a It feels a Sonic like game. Sonic. He, he rolls the way he should. The pixel art is gorgeous. And, and to be fair, because that game is built on an engine that Christian Whitehead spent years making sure that it would be perfect yeah. to run a Sonic game. And Sega essentially hired him and said, okay, we'll make the Sonic game you've always wanted to make. If, if someone... If one person has obsessed enough over Sonic the Hedgehog to make... Like spent years over a Sonic um, physics engine. That's hey, good That's job, him. man. But then it's like I think Ultra Street Fighter Two is like this is the last version of Street Fighter Two basically, 
at this point. Um, I, f- I feel like there's nothing there. I mean, like, Street Fighter 2 is great, um, but it, it feels more like, hey, you remember Street Fighter 2, right? Exactly, right? Like, it's so. just sort of there. I don't. We don't necessarily know what other modes it'll have. There's rumor yeah. to some other stuff. But then, um, yeah, Mario Kart is just, it's Mario Kart 8, which is the best Mario Kart game they've ever made. Sure. And with more characters, with, with essentially at this point, it's their Super Smash Bros. Kart, but, like, whatever, we'll take it. Sounds good to it's me. It's right there. And Zelda. Which you know is the perennial at this point. Uh, we've delayed it to a system launch game, um, and I feel like those games, especially next to what Nintendo has coming down the pipe, right? Because before, here, here's the thing for me, right? Before November, we get Zelda, we get Mario Kart, we get Splatoon, mm-hmm. we get uh, Xenoblade Two, and then uh, well, so they say. So they say. So they yeah. say. Right? This is in theory. Sure. If everything goes according to Nintendo's schedule, mm-hmm. we get Xenoblade Two and we get Mario. Yeah. That's what November is supposed to look like. And with those five games, I think you have a pretty good machine. Did you mention Super Mario Odyssey? I did. That was yeah, a lot okay. of yeah, that's, that's supposed to come out in November. It's like, those okay. five games well. <laughs> is, are pretty good. Even if it's just Mario and Zelda, it's yeah. pretty good. But, that's... like, with Splatoon, Xenoblade, and Mario and Mario Kart, you kind of, you know, you've, you've got a pretty wide breadth of, of types of games going yeah. on. So if the question is, do you buy a Switch, I'm going to say it at launch, probably not, unless yeah. you're, like, a crazy fanatic. About if you're a giant Zelda, Zelda fan, you probably go. own a yeah. Wii U. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, unless you really want to play it on the go. But it's like, um, if we're talking about the long game, um, this holiday sounds like a pretty cool Nintendo lineup. Yeah, so. and and I think that at, that's the point where I think people are going to look around and say like, so are we making the kind of games that are one two switches, or are we making the kind of games that are Zeldas? And I think if that's the five games that Nintendo is saying, hey. These are our five launch window games, even though November is very far for a launch window. Yeah. Uh, every game company does that these, these days. If that's what they're saying, I think once you switch is sort of a weird anomaly. Yeah. Right? Like, it might be, that might be the, uh, the Trojan horse for some players. True. It, may, it might be. I, I, I do think that once you switch is the kind of game that, I, just looking at it, it was Nintendo EAD, which is sort of like the current Nintendo planning group. So it's unclear exactly who's working on it. But it very much feels like the Nintendo Land, uh, uh, where it's just sort of like, here are the cool things we think you might be able to do with this. And we don't know whether or not we're going to pick up on it. Yeah. If you guys aren't picking up on it between now and November, I don't know that they'll ever pick up on it. And like Nintendo Land for the Wii U was the same thing. And that yep. was kind of surprisingly good. Yeah. Because um, it looked really weird at the time when it was unveiled. I didn't know what it was going to be like. But it, it was pretty fun. Maybe yeah. not like... As fun as the Wii initially was, uh, or Wii Sports initially was, but it wasn't you know, as like, shocking as Wii Sports. Yeah, certainly. Was. Um, but like, one two switch could be really cool. It's just I'm, I'm like I said before, I'm worried because if it's as good as they need it to be, we should have already seen more of it. Exactly, and I think a big concern for me is is how much we haven't seen of this yeah. machine. Right, we we don't even know. We don't, like, know the, we, so, we don't know how much we don't know about it. Yet. We don't exactly. So here's things we don't know right now. Just that we know the things that we know we don't know. It's supposed to have an online pricing system. We don't know what, what it is or what we're paying for beyond the one or two free virtual console games a month. Um, it's also it's going to be apparently less than $30 a year or something yeah. like that. Apparently, so, we don't know. So this, so uh, at a Japanese uh, like pr- meeting or investors meeting... He said uh, it would be half. So an, anal- so an analyst, uh, Sir Gintoto, uh, said that um, they estimated it'll, it'll cost about two to 3,000 yen a year. Which is roughly thirty-ish dollars U.S., which yeah. might be thirty-five, forty dollars Canadian, and like for one year of online service, that sounds cool. That's pretty cheap. Um, but then, 
It only uh, exists well, on your phone? Yeah. Well, the, you mm. get online play, but then, yeah, so, like, all what stuff is on my phone and what stuff isn't on my phone? Because voice chat's going to be on your phone, which is bizarre. That's not cool. Um, what isn't is – I'm not – I don't have necessarily a problem with it. It's just – it's strange, right? Like, please give me the reasoning behind the decision. Also, yeah, they've also not been clear about it. They mentioned, yep. oh, now you get to do this all on your so, phone. But and also – it, it begs – okay, and, and, my, and Tim Falconer was going to hate me saying this. <laughs> it now begs the question – what are you doing on your phone? Yeah, and what aren't you doing on your phone? Because parental controls that are was, also on your oh, phone. That was incorrect. I shouldn't. I shouldn't <laughs> that. That was great. Anyway. Uh, it also it also opens up like, well, what are you doing on your phone? What aren't you doing on your phone? Parental yeah. controls on your phone, as we all saw from that great Bowser Bowser Junior video, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nintendo's greatest game of twenty seventeen. Um, and that was cool because like the parental videos thing made like it, it laid things out very clearly about how they're working, yeah. and that's that was useful because when they talked about how you're going to use multi like, going to do multiplayer stuff on your phone, they like. They said, just kind of they said skin, words, but yeah. they didn't tell us. What <laughs> they didn't was mean going anything. On, right? But then, so other things we don't know, right? We know yeah. that you're getting virtual console games that are getting online play adapted. Yeah. Is there a virtual console? Is they, there a service? I'm not sure if they use the words virtual console. Really? They they, so. they did. They yeah, did. Okay. But like they didn't. Are will there be a virtual console that can purchase from, or it'll only be through this? Is there? An, there is definitely an online shop. I found that out because they told me the Snipper Clips is a download ga- a download only game. Yeah. Sure. But like, really, download only? That's what they said. Huh. All right. So like. So, so it, there's def- it's a twenty dollars downloadable game or twenty dollars US. Yeah, we shouldn't be this confused about exactly. the Switch like four, four to five weeks ahead of it launching. We don't know. Um, we don't know anything about the menus. By the yeah. way, we don't know anything about the UI, um, which is kind of crazy. Like considering that, like Nintendo's UIs have uh, had at best been unique and have been uh, garbage. They've yeah, been, they've been hot garbage. Yeah, the. Uh, also remember, they're not like Microsoft, where like the UI is the is what they're selling with Windows. Yeah. So uh. the only good UI is the 3DS when you zoom all the way out. That's the only good <laughs> Nintendo UI. <laughs> yeah. So the one that looks most like Windows 3.1. Yes, so. exactly. With there's a lot of things we don't know. It's very upsetting. <laughs> with mm. it's mostly confusing. The odd light being on your phone at some point, I would also just argue: what if you just called someone? Yeah. Like, what if, <laughs> yeah. What if I just like, like made a Skype call? Like, yeah. the, oh, you, you can use your phone to like connect your friends and like coordinate multiple. Like that. That's, that's I just do that. Fo- <laughs> that. That's just a phone. I, <laughs> I already use Discord. Like. I'm... Yeah, like what else do you need me to add? Like at some point, if they're just adding a phone app that does things like call people and/or notify me when other people are online, there's a million other apps. At what that point do that. will they add an app that lets me use my phone as a Joy-Con? Oh, yeah, yeah, or with something. virtual I, buttons. Mm. That would be a nightmare, but you can bet it could happen. I mean, like syncing Ouya to it. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, so that is the, another thing we we don't necessarily know, right? Like we know that you won't be able what to an do Ouya is. <laughs> I definitely don't know what an Ouya is. Sure. No, like will you be able to use external device like? It has a USB port. It can use a fight stick. That we know. You can't use an external hard drive with it, right? You can use but you SD can use cards. SD cards. Yeah. Um, but like, what can I and can't I do? Can I put media on it from a USB key? Can it support media at all? I, I actually still don't really know how what I can do with the SD card on my phone right now. So, so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. I mean, I think in general we shouldn't be the people. A- we should we should <laughs> ask- we shouldn't be the people answering these questions. Yeah. Um. Like, it, it all comes back to the point where. They they have mentioned these things, but without any specificity to really pin down what it all means, yeah. and that's strange. It's so very close Nintendo, but yeah. it's not what the case with the was with the Wii U. I mean, like, like I don't know if this is your this is the same a Nintendo mo that we've always seen, <laughs> but like it's also like unsurprising. Like, oh yeah, they would do this because. They've typically they just do things their own way, and like the, that doesn't always make sense. The um, Nintendo way is to never tell anybody anything ever. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of the Wii U, um, 
the thing about the Switch is that like it, it clearly exists to answer problems that popped up because of uh, the Wii U's existence and it's it wasn't a top seller. They've already stopped making new ones. Like it's not a great console. Uh, I, I, I want to. It's not co- a great console, but it is, it is home to about a dozen or so a pretty incredible good games. games. Yeah, it, it just in terms fair. of like their. Did it do well for Nintendo? Yeah, it wasn't it, a success by any like regular measure of things. The uh, I want to kind of look at the Switch in terms of like from what we know now, uh, does it answer any of the the current problems that Nintendo is facing? So, for starters, this was like one of the things that was hinted at early on, and maybe kind of is true. Does the console make any sense as a replacement for the 3DS? Not really. No, I would never use this as a replacement for the 3DS. I mean. It could, but they haven't really announced anything to suggest that um, that it can do so. Uh, I mean, the, the, what they've suge- what they've really suggested it can't is that the battery life does not exist. Yeah, and like remember, like all the way back to the Game Boy, um, their portables like it made sense because you could play them on the go for like an entire like U.S. road trip. Yeah, um, and that that does not work anymore um, because like three hours on Zelda, six hours in some other games. <laughs> At most, like I'm not going to cool. be taking. I'm also not going to be taking that thing on the subway with me because it's going to take out m- not my entire bag, but a decent chunk of my bag. And also, uh, I, I feel like that's not too bad for some commuters because if it's about the size of an iPad plus sure. those Joy Cons, like I could see people getting used to. I just that. don't like. I'm, I also didn't like the PSP and the Vita for the same reason. I don't yeah. like the face buttons just being out there. Sure. Uh, in an era after the DS, it's a little weird, but like I don't know. Like I'm cool with it because um, uh, let's be honest, like people play like. PS4, like, have you seen those, um, like, PS4 backpacks? They just kind of, yeah. it's like a lot, anyways, that's crazy stuff. But people but, don't, like, go around with those on the subway regularly. No, but I mean, not like, the same, s- Not the same rate I see people <laughs> playing yeah. 3DSs. Yeah, that, I mean, like, yeah, the, the Switch is not intended to be a meme, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, but, yeah. I, I definitely don't think, it's, it is a console you can take with you somewhere, but I do not think that makes it a portable console. I think it is inspired from by the GameCube's ha- weird handle. Yeah, right. as they mentioned in the first press they did. event, which is odd. They really did specifically name drop the GameCube handle. Yeah. So I, I, I want to th- like I do want to say that um, Nintendo had been had been saying or have been saying that they will continue to support the 3DS up until whenever, which is what Nintendo always says when they yeah. introduce oh, new hardware. Well, do you remember the, do you remember what happened when away. the DS came out? Yeah, exactly. The game like, the, well we see the DS as our third pillar yeah. and <laughs> we're not going to say anything if somebody snatches away the second pillar. Uh, yeah. I do think that I don't think there's a 3DS replacement. We are still getting 3DS games. Fire Emblem is coming out next year or this year rather. Yeah. Um sorry, next year. Later this year. There are a couple th- there are apparently 3DS games in the pipe. I definitely don't think they're not going to be supporting the 3DS. I do however think that now that Nintendo has really conglomerated all the development into EAD, it definitely feels a little bit like it's one or the other at times. Mm. Um, it's, so the thing I find fascinating is that we'll get a better answer maybe by the end of the year as I to think, whether or not yeah. there's... Um, after this round of games, will the next Fire Emblem be on 3DS or will it only be on the Well, Switch? we're getting like, two different Fire Emblems. One yeah, for 3DS, okay. one for so Wii like, I'm curious about, yeah, I, I'm yeah. curious about um, when will we see like the 3DS type of games move on to the switch because yeah. like, i think when are we going to see a pokemon on that, switch yeah, when are is, we going to see yeah exactly. that is like when we see new super uh, mario brothers on switch or something yeah when we see the new a new pokemon game on the switch that's going to be the real marker because like the pokemon games have always had their home on nintendo's handhelds and if a, a new mainline pokemon game um will launch for the switch 
that means that is also that is also their handheld. You know? Yeah, I think that a new mainline Pokemon game that is not like a third version or something. Yeah. Like right, like not not Stun Moon Star. Like this is Pokemon Crystal Gem Beautiful Bar- Barbie. Uh, but the I, I think that also another marker of it for me would just be like, do we go to E three and we don't hear about anything about the three DS? Yeah, and do we leave E3 yeah. and not hear anything? That's coming up fairly soon, so yeah. we'll get some better, more answers about that. I, I, I definitely think that if we, if Nintendo does a big, you know, a big event, be it E3 or Gamescom or something, and we do not hear about the 3DS by the end of the summer, I think this is they very much see this as a replacement. But I also mm-hmm. think that it is it is their third pillar thing, and if the Switch uh, falls flat on its face, then we love the 3DS and we support it more than ever. I mean, I feel like June is a little bit early because like they will have to talk about. Um, at least the they'll Fire definitely Emblem have to talk game. about Switch. They'll, they'll definitely have to talk about Switch. I mean, the 3DS. Like, they oh, like, there are still more game, than just the Fire Emblem. There are still games in the pie for 3DS that they have to spend some time on it, and then yeah. But I'm talking about yeah. like, what are the games that we're seeing? Yeah, are I they? I, I, I definitely. If it's Box Boy Three, you know, <laughs> and I love Box Boy. On the other hand, I feel like if there's a new Mario and Luigi game on it, then maybe that signals a longer uh, lead yeah. time for it. I'm not exactly. Sure. I I, there, I think there's a lot of there's there's a lot more information waiting before we can po- before we can answer that. But I, I personally, just my gut says. I don't think so. One of the the uh, arguments that people made at Nintendo, including Miyamoto and a lot of others, is that the Wii U at some point became too complicated. That it was like it was meant to, it was just trying to be too many things. It was the the replacement for the Wii, and it wasn't super clear about that. It had this tablet, but no one was quite sure, or at least no one figured out how to use it in the way that people liked. Uh, it was supposed to reach out to older fans, like. Does the does the switch fix any of these kind of like problems around that confusion and uh, that those challenges? I mean, I, I feel like the first like the initial problem with the Wii U was the introduction because people really didn't have any idea of what it was. Like I yep. I still talk to people who don't really know what the Wii U was and have to clarify it because um, you know just talking about the switch. So, oh, yeah, that's that's like the new Wii. It's like well, I mean, there's also the Wii U. It's like oh, what what was that? I, I, what, what happened there? Um, so they've gotten over that hump in the sense that because of their like very on-point marketing, people know, generally speaking, what the Switch is as a device. Um, but, I mean, it's still... I don't think it answers a lot of those questions or, like, um, niggling issues that a lot of gamers still have because, like, quite frankly, a lot of the things that people want out of the new Nintendo system, we still don't really know what it's about. So we don't know much about the online play. We don't know what the virtual console is as before. So yeah, there's still a huge amount of question marks about this machine. Even though like what they've shown looks really cool, but like there's still some pieces of the puzzle that I need to know more about. I think this machine is co- is as complicated, if not more complicated, than the Wii U. However, and more th- expensive, and more expensive. <laughs> yeah. However, I also think that, like like you said, John, that m- the thing about it is that it's easier to understand when you just look at it. Yeah, right. Like. Sure. It is a machine that is made to be whatever you want it to be in that moment. Do you want it to be one, one tiny crappy controller? Do you want it to be a you know a, a proper Xbox 360 controller? Do you want it to be a tablet you carry around with you? Whatever you want it to be, it will be that for you. And I feel like most gamers will gravitate towards their like one or two exactly. preferred control methods. Like I could certainly see myself getting a pro controller and just using that for pretty much every game out there. Yeah, so. that's that's fine. Like I think I I kind of like the way it feels when they're docked together. Yeah, and it's like that's just the way I'll play. Like I I think that's fine. And because of that, it feels simpler because you just pick the one or two that you like and you'll just stick with those for the most part as long as games don't try to like push you into one or the other yeah um but i do think that it is a more complicated machine if their goal was to make a simpler machine here 
they, they failed. If their goal was to make a machine that looked simpler because you could just read it one way instead of another, I, I think that is a success. But I definitely don't think that this is a simplification. This is much gamier than the Wii U was. This yeah. is a lot more of a video game machine than the Wii U was. Yeah, I mean, like, they succeeded in the sense that, yeah, people know that the Switch is a new machine. Yes, so, that's a big, like, that's <laughs> a great success <laughs> maybe for them. That's, maybe it's just like they needed to get over that initial hump, like, as weird of a low bar that is, and like, okay, that's good. Now let's, let's figure that out. Um, one thing I do I do want to mention is that uh, I don't know if these games are part of the wider launch window or not, or just maybe it's just like you know pie in the sky thinking. But um, the Switch could be really good for local multiplayer games, yeah. um, like you know in the vein of Mario Kart, but also like things that you find on PS4 or Xbox or PC right now, like um, because the Switch's Joy Cons can so easily, or like you know in a relatively simple manner split into two to four players per set you can easily i can easily see someone like, playing overcooked oh i was exactly thinking. towerfall yep um a nidhog yeah like, work would work really well so like all these that might simple, be awesome johan sebastian know? joust would work great yeah well i mean <laughs> just saying so like one two switches more Johann than one, yeah joust, more but... than one person has said that yeah one two switch is more or less a distillation of johan sebastian Johann sebastian joust, joust. okay I don't, I don't say that out js loud. joust yeah okay cool so that might be really cool, um, but I mean, those games aren't necessarily part of the launch window, and maybe they won't ever be. But that yeah. sounds like the coolest kind of like current indie game that fits that format really Absolutely. well. Absolutely, so. and to be fair, like there's some weird like there were some indie games that, that were at the event. Nintendo is not like not taking indie seriously with this. Yeah. I think there's a couple really neat ones that I that I want to fun with. That uh, halftime heroes game was surprisingly good for a game being published by Gamespot. I Gamestop. Think I think it's has been heroes. Has been heroes. Yeah. Sorry, has been heroes. Yes, yeah. uh, that game was a lot of fun. Um, the, and then there was a racing game that was just this is the F Zero that Nintendo didn't make. Oh yeah, that game was really good. <laughs> it was really good. It's so it, I, I can't remember what it's called. It's it called, had a terrible name. Fast it's, Remix. It's, it's called it's called Fast RMX, which is like a new version of fast racing neo which was on the wii u so think of it as okay like the mario it, it, it's it's in the same vein as mario kart 8 deluxe in that it takes it's the a wii u version and then just beefs it up with more terrible stuff. name for a game yeah it, it's very much an indie game but kind of name, but it's just really it's good. ikaruga as a racer it's really it's good. really good oh, uh basically the concept is that your car has two modes orange and blue you can pick up orange or blue like tokens on the track by switching each one and there are boosters on the track that make you go faster when you're in one mode and uh slower when you're in the other as well as other obstacles that are color coded, it is Ikaruga as a racing game, and it is so much fun. Yeah, so like if you hit the boosts of the same color that your that your ship currently is in, then you go faster, and it goes really fast. It goes very fast. This is an F Zero game that Nintendo yeah. did not make, and, and I, I'm happy about that. Somebody's making it. Like that's probably my top three games I want this year on a Switch. You yeah, know? so ooh. it was a ton of fun. Yeah, and I think that there, you know, between that and uh, Snipper Clips, which is actually an indie game that Nintendo bought to publish. Okay. Um, yeah, it okay, is a UK yeah. indie game that was at EGX, I think, last year. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, and uh, Nintendo picked that up to publish it. It's very good, very Nintendo uh, yeah. of a game. Very like, clever, too. Yeah, really I, I, I felt really good solving those puzzles, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, yeah. with with all of these games, uh, do you find that, like, uh, is Nintendo here reaching for a board? Because I think, like, when you look at the traditional gameplay audience... It's a it's a very unique audience. It's like they're predominantly looking for like these kinds of styles of games, um, while the more mass market market audience looks at like you know mobile games sure. that kind of thing. Where are they reaching for? I do not think they're reaching for the mass market with this. I think this is like you said, John. This is a very kind of like '90s gamer nostalgia thing. Sure. 
I think that this is there is a there is a mass market appeal to some of these games. Certainly, Zelda has a mass market appeal. One Two Switch certainly has a mass market appeal. But I don't think those people, at least right now, are interested in a Switch. I think that right now, like I said, the games Nintendo has said, like these are the games we're going to have out by holiday season, are the games that for the most part a core audience is interested. Xenoblade Two, Splatoon Two, and um, Disgaea Five. Disgaea Five for some crazy reason. If you want to spend the next four hundred hours. But, yeah. like, Splatoon 2 and Xenoblade 2 are not games you put out in a launch window for a machine you're trying to get to a Wii audience. Yeah. So one thing I'll, I will note is that um, if you look at the multi-platform games that they've announced, they seem to be very mainstream, well-known games that are also very specifically family-friendly. So yeah. when we're, we're talking about, I mean, beyond, like, the 90s, like, the Sonic, the... the Sonic, the Mario, the Nintendo... Uh, ugh, the Zelda. Street Fighter. So, the, so we also have... Um, Skylanders, which is very well-known and family-friendly. We also have um, announced like sports games like uh, NBA and FIFA for yep. that crowd. Um, huge, and they can Just potentially Dance. be very good sellers. Yeah, Just Dance. So um, those are really well-known multi-platform pillars. And my thought is they might try to I, present I the Switch as like an all-around console for like a family for a family environment. So. Like they they signed Skylanders and Just Dance, they did not sign Call of Duty and Dishonored. Yeah, um, and that's like a fascinating divide. Well, they also signed Skyrim for some bizarre reason. Yeah, there's also um, that, which like I don't know. Well, I like think, maybe that's uh, just Bethesda. And to be fair, the FIFA ones are also stuff. not being made specifically for the Switch. They're 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 going to be ports of older games. Yeah, they're sure. not going to be feature feature on par with with the PS4 version or the Xbox so, One version. The interesting thing about that is that the FIFA game I just heard I just read a report today that their FIFA game for the Switch is FIFA 18. Like, mm-hmm. it isn't like FIFA 18, like, Joy-Con edition or whatever, yeah. or whatever it is. Like, it, it it might be, like, you know, on par, on par okay. or close to on yeah, par. I think the right? NBA game specifically wasn't. Yeah, okay, sure, I can see that, yeah. That, that I think, it w- wasn't, um, just for various reasons. Sure. But I, I could definitely see the FIFA one being, because FIFA's a little bit less, I think, intensive on a, on a graphical processor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a slower game overall. Why uh, don't we have any, like... High profile, gar- high profile golf games anymore. Because <laughs> uh, the there's last that, one is Hot Shots Golf, and nice. they uh, they can't do a Tiger Woods games anymore. And yeah. the last, and EA never put out that game where they basically turned uh, the ML, the uh, Pro Tour game into mini golf. I mean, like PGA Tour 2K17. Where, didn't where P- didn't it? PGA did the PGA Tour come out where they had you like golfing on a battleship? I I don't think it came out. Uh, I remember is, that 83. Is that, is that Dangerous Golf? No, no. It was a PGA Tour game, and there was going to be a <laughs> bit of it where you basically played, like, crazy EA mini golf where you're like, here's a battlefield ship, and you're playing golf on this ship. Man, oh, man. I don't think it came out. I'll be honest. Like, I didn't expect anyone here to know that this much about golf games. So. <laughs> I know a lot about a lot of weird stuff. I, I, can, I consider myself well-informed now here. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think that I, – I don't disagree with you, but I just think that that stuff doesn't – that that stuff is obviously in the marketing material, but I just don't think that that stuff moves the system these days. Yeah, because like, you can get because yeah. because the people who want to play NBA and uh, FIFA and even if they want to play like if the people who want to play sports games have a PlayStation Four because tradi- at this point I think there's four or five different kinds of people who buy games and I think one of those profiles is people who buy three or four games a year. One of them is a first person shooter. One of them is a sports title. One of them is an open world game, and those those people have a PlayStation Four right now. Well. True, um, I, and, I and that's not what... the family audience that you were that you were pitching at. But I, I just don't know that the family audience views a sports game as a system seller. But maybe they do view Zelda as that, right? Like maybe. I mean, it's so it's one of those things where yeah, you're right, and I don't know that these. Like, I don't. I find like those titles most interesting mm-hmm. um, because I don't know if those will be enough to really push it over the top of whatever it wants to go for. But you know, 
everyone is like there's always still someone looking for their first console yeah and if it happens to be someone who just wants to play nba and has a kid who's like oh maybe they want to play skylanders um maybe that's there for maybe. them um, but at the but same time a, like it's a we much, can't guarantee that niche. it's a much harder um proposition nowadays because you can get the lego games uh, in a lot of other platforms you can get minecraft anywhere so nintendo doesn't have the monopoly th- for good family-friendly games anymore. I, I think, know? and this is something that we have to consider here, I think the reason you're seeing such a wide breadth of titles, because I don't think Nintendo knows what they want it to be right now. You know, they're, 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 the reason for all this, the reason there could be a lack of communication, the reason that the games are so, the reason one 2 switch isn't a pack-in, the reason it's kind of there amidst all this other stuff and the family-friendly, you know, third-party titles are there too. I don't know that Nintendo knows what they want this to be beyond we don't want it to be like the mature gamer platform. I, I think Nintendo. It feels similar to Nintendo in the sense that they put it out there. They know what their games are. They don't necessarily know what its wider um, appeal what its is wi- wider be. like appeal. Yeah, what its wider appeal or market will be, and maybe it'll take time for for other developers to figure that out. Um, but you know, it might be really cool. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think know. the issue is still that like Nintendo and third parties don't gel these days. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know that the, the I don't know that the, the sales of this launch lineup of third-party games is going to convince EA to keep going. But at the same time, like, I feel like predicting sales numbers on a machine that isn't out yet, that's who true. knows? You know, yeah. like, who, who knows? That's, honestly, like, I don't know if, if we need to worry about that as much because Nintendo will do their thing and then yep. we'll see what happens. And, like, the, like the, the real question is, like, is the Switch for you? And that's a more personalized and maybe a more interesting question. Absolutely. So one of the things is uh, I remember when talking to uh, the, the the more competent adults in my life, when they talk about the... Uh, that's an interesting phrase. The ones who don't know a lot about unreleased golf games. Exactly. Right. Uh, they... Uh, they whenever they they talk about their their children the, the the they they were they often like they bring up games as something you could get on a on a platform that they already have so they have they have their phones they have their tablets they have their PCs sometimes they those, right? yeah. yeah sometimes they have a box in front of a TV mm-hmm. and that makes a lot of sense so you could say like oh well I use this box for Netflix or I use this box for like browsing or something and when the when the kid gets it he can play this video game. Yeah. And then they'll say, like, but I don't want to buy something that's just going to be for him to play games. And because I'm, you don't I, need to do that anymore, right? No. Yeah. And, and, like, and, I, and I look at, like, the PS4, right? The PS4 kind of, like, went backwards, right? Mm-hmm. It had, like, the PS3 was explicitly this very, very directed uh, gaming box that slowly retroactively added in pieces of like Netflix and all this other stuff. Well, I mean, and that then stuff the... didn't really exist for the PS3 to be at the beginning. No, yeah. totally. But and the PS3 also tried to be the first Blu-ray player that you own. So I don't know about that. But I would argue that the Xbox 360 was much more quicker quicker to pick that stuff up. Like in terms certainly, of certainly. they were much more cognizant of building like a media box. Well, but in any case, Microsoft always wanted to be your set-top box. Exactly. Yeah. So to the point where both the Xbox One tried to do it way too hard at first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Both of these platforms then moved towards being more of a general entertainment media, center, en- entertainment yeah. center. Um, does does like all of we, like right now PS4 is selling like the most it's ever sold. They have never sold more PlayStations in one quarter than last quarter. There's never been a better time to buy PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's never been a better time to be to be it, Sony's gaming department. It's never been a worse time to be Kazirai. <laughs> but I, I wonder, the Switch seems like a really cool device. Is there a place? It mo- it, is there a place for just a, a very specific games only games focused box? 
I mean, that's a very personal question. It's hard yeah. to tell. Um, for like people in this room, maybe it will be, because uh, the especially. I mean, I think that's what they needed to do. Ah, sorry. Like, I think this is why they needed to harness such powerful '90s and Japanese nostalgia. Because for a certain kind of gamer, a machine that to, to be the only console where you can get Zelda, Bomberman, Sonic, Mario, like all of those in one place, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, in the wider market of, you know, we want this to also be our Netflix machine, our just the, we also want to watch YouTube on it, um, we want, or we want a Steam machine that we can make a PC out of. Uh, like, the Switch doesn't give you that. And as far as, as far as we know, there aren't any video services on there. Um, at a time when that seems like it's been more important it's now more important than it ever has been uh yeah it's weird i'm not sure um i i think that hmm. there's a reason that stuff is not the focus and i think it's because yeah. nintendo wants this to be your you know 90s nostalgia japanese like a, a kind of game that nobody is releasing anymore or not nobody but is being released less these days is like you said the you know a 90s game a japanese game japanese video games are not finding their homes on western markets on the playstation except for certain like niches right yeah. except for very certain niches right like dark souls can get there but dark souls is at this point like this huge budget thing that they put into but sony's not going to fund a new bomberman game yeah sony's not going to 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 you know headline your new son your two new 2d sonic game i, I mean like they could they could make a dating visual novel of Sonic. Oh, never mind. I mean, I would. <laughs> hey, listen. Somebody will play it. Yeah. Somebody has already made it actually, and it's very upsetting. Let's, <laughs> okay, but let's move on. The, the point is that I think that that kind of consumer is being targeted here. And I, listen, the people in this room are that type of consumer. I don't necessarily know how many more there are out there, and I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on sales, as you said earlier. It's, it's not what's important here. What's important is like, is the console for you? Yeah. If you're that kind of person. This console does kind of seem for you by November. You know, come November, this console's for you. Who else it's for, I do not know. It's, um, so yeah, Nintendo... And I don't yeah. know that Nintendo knows. Nintendo has always had that certain corner of the market because Nintendo's properties and Nintendo's games, when they're at their at the top of their game, it is the best in the business. Like, it is the cream of the crop. Yeah. Um, if, you're into ga- if you're into gaming and have the disposable income to spend on it... Uh, and this is the only machine to get the new Zelda, the new Mario, like especially Super Mario Odyssey, because that game looks just incredible. a trailer of it looks phenomenal. Um, then, like, yeah, they have that captive audience. The, the 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 bigger question and the bigger gamble is what about someone who for whom that isn't you know the, the core of gaming? And I, I will sure. say this: I think they lost that person during the Wii U. I think yeah. they lost that person with the Wii, and they didn't come back for the Wii U. It is a very different climate than it was in two thousand and six. Yeah, I think they they lost that person with the Wii. They did not come back for the Wii U. The question is, will that kind of person come back? Because that person still exists, and they complain on message boards a lot. <laughs> um, they complain on Twitter a lot. And I think that if they can... That person also owns a 3DS, for the most part. Um, that person lo- is, is the reason Fire Emblem is now one of Nintendo's, like, three pillar franchises, right? It's no, it's not Mario's... I mean, it's Mario's Zelda Pokemon, but, like, Fire Emblem is now there, as opposed to, like, Kirby or something. I hmm, Well, I mean, yeah, it was, like, for every new Fire Emblem game... They erase a Metroid they, game from yeah, the, from right? the board, kill one. Right? Mm. But I think that there is that they are making a hard push to make that person their core market, you know, come this holiday season, and then maybe try to refocus out to more people next year. But yeah. I definitely think that that is, at least from the core demographic, beyond the families that they might be looking for, beyond the more casual people they might be looking for, I think that the core gamer they're looking for is not the Call of Duty Call of Duty player, the, yeah. not the Grand Theft Auto player. It's the person who wants Xenoblade 2 for some crazy reason. Sure, it could be, yeah. 
It's a big that, question. I don't it, know. Yeah, that's that's what that's what all these games signal to me. But yeah, who? Again, I don't know that Nintendo <laughs> knows these things. I, I think the like the end of it is that the Switch is a fascinating piece of hardware, um, and it's cool in the sense that Nintendo always shows they're doing something a little bit different from the others, and that's always cool to watch. Yeah. Um, whether that turns into a successful business for them, like that's not. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. You can turn the motion control off in Splatoon 2, and that's all that matters to me. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, I think that's a good place uh, to wrap up. Uh, so, uh, on CGRU, you've been listening to Built to Play. I've been Dominic Bali. And I've been Daniel Rosen. Thanks for coming in, John. Thanks for having me. You can find more episodes on iTunes and Stitcher or visit our website, builttoplay.ca. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Built to Play. Uh, John, where can people find you on internet? Oh, dear. Um, I am on Twitter at J-O-N underscore O-R-E. Uh, search my name, is fine. Uh, there'll be a link in the doobly-doo, right? What's the most recent thing you've put out? Huh. So by the time this is out, um, we'll have a story up looking at uh, Resident Evil 7 and like looking throughout uh, the impact that series has made. And like, I, I make the argument that um, video games tend to be the best home for horror <laughs> because there's nothing more terrifying than you being the poor schmuck in the middle of a horror movie. And that is like the ultimate um, curiosity, perhaps, or the ultimate appeal of horror games. Hey, that sounds like it'll be a great read. All right. Uh, Armand, where can people find you on Twitter? I am at Flarkon. That's F-L-R-K-C-O-N. Where can they find you, Dan? I am at Daniel underscore Rosen. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, respect your boxes.